Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. to a championship Sunday edition of TC Live. Where did you come from? Where did you go? It's Jesse Pagula. Now you know. 6-1-6-0, first title of the season for the top-ranked American. And how about just 48 minutes of work? Absolutely destroys Ludmila Samsonova in the Montreal final. Another 1,000 title. For Jesse Pagula, come on into the studio. Steve Weissman alongside Chanda Rubin. We've got to step up our game on Championship Sunday. we got the former world number six in the house. And, of course, the Hall of Famer Andy Roddick on the big screen. What a big win for Jesse Pagula. First American to win this title, Andy, since Serena did it 10 years ago. Her second 1,000 title and now up to a career high, number three in the world. What would you make of it? Yeah, that, there, were, there was some violence in that performance, Steve. I'll tell you that much right now. They, we, we should hide the children. The, they shouldn't be watching violent acts like Jesse Begula uh, just put out there. But listen, I'm looking at the, the returning statistics from Jess this week. And even in the last two matches, Igas Fiatek won 44% of her total service points. Today, Samsonova won 38% of her total service points. Not second serve points. Total service points. Jess Pagula put on an absolute clinic on the return side of the game this week. It was it was awesome to watch. Not only that, she won 19 of 19 first serve points today. Perfect was Pagula. What, what stood out to you? You know, I think it's just the comprehensive tennis that she has been playing, and especially against these last two opponents. She had to step up her level against Iga Sviantek, and she was able to do it in the big moments. And, you know, you talk about her serve. That's been a bigger weapon in Pagula's game. She understands how to use it. But on returns, she is just simply lethal. She's hitting outright winners at times off of shots that are coming at her so quickly, and she's redirecting. And it just looks so comfortable out there. She's not not giving up a lot of ground. She understands how she wants to strategically play um, a lot of these points. And again, Samsonova coming up with those kinds of winners, the cross-court pass there, the flick of the wrist, and Samsonova was nowhere near that shot. It is difficult to do against a player who hits the ball as big as Samsonova, but Pagula just didn't allow her to get into a good rhythm. And unfortunately for Samsonova, she didn't start well. And I was surprised by that. I thought with her having played a match earlier in the day, getting through Rabakina the way she did. She'd get off to a quicker start, but she didn't, and Pagula took advantage of it, and she's such a front-runner as well. There are so many checks in the Pagula column, and she did it here in, in one of the biggest moments in her career. We will get you out to that trophy ceremony here from both Ludmila Samsonova as well as Jesse Pagula, but we'll continue to talk about the fantastic performance up until that point. And Andy, got a spare thought for Samsonova as well, who beat two top five players this week, had only beaten one in her career before for Montreal. 
Yeah, yeah, listen, you you can't control weather, but just on the eye test of the speed that she's able to create off that forehand side kind of has that that like hitch in her forehand where it's upright, and then all of a sudden she creates speed with that racket at the end of it, especially when she's pulling it to the forehand side. Some serious speed, uh, the ability to create uh, off of dead balls and played great stuff this week. Uh, obviously, it was going to be a challenge today after Mother Nature had other ideas for her scheduling with canceling. Uh, the match last night gets through Rabakan on what what's your reward playing Jess Pagula like an hour and a half later, a uh, brutal setup, but is what it is. And she'll be, she's going to be taking a lot of positives out of this week, even with uh, the one to know that, uh, that Jess Pagula put on her today. You mentioned it, Chana, just the way that Jess has gone through this draw, because it was not an easy draw for her playing her doubles partner, playing the world number one, and then finishing with the power of Samsonova, but her consistency with very different varieties of games that she's gone up against has been almost perfect. I was impressed with how well she played against Coco Golf, who has, you know, had a sort of renewed idea of how she needs to play. And, and Golf's been, uh, you know, aggressive and using the forehand, playing a little bit differently. And Jessica Pagula was able to adjust. That is not easy in real time. You see that scoreline, 7-5 in the third. It was a battle all the way through. And in crunch time, she was able to get it done. And that helped her against Iga Sviantek. She really could have gotten that match finished in two sets. She was ahead throughout, but she was able to reset in the third. Pagula did. And against the world number one, just kind of out hit her and was out more consistent uh, in doing so. And that is, again, not an easy thing to do when Sviantek gets a lead. And uh, Pagula was able to turn that around. So I think we've, we're seeing a level of tennis that doesn't always look spectacular, but it's spectacularly good. And it's just been impressive to see it the last three rounds in particular, but it's the way she's played all year and, and certainly the last two seasons. And we're just seeing it at a new level. Doesn't always look spectacular, but it is spectacularly Good. Hard to say as well, Andy. Uh, but what, what does this mean for, for just getting this big title heading into the U.S. Open? Well, it's huge. Uh, she's done it a little bit differently than the successes we've seen on the WTA Tour uh, over the last maybe four or five years where, you know, women have won a slam and then the search for consistency starts, right? Like Rabakina broke out at Wimbledon. We knew the upside, but then she figured out how to be consistent uh, throughout. Iga Spiatek broke out at Roland Garros a couple of years ago and then found the consistency afterwards. But Gula had the consistency going in. What was missing is the big titles like the Masters 1000s. And now we have to seriously discuss her chances at a major. Can she get past that quarterfinal kind of jinx round into the semis, into the finals? Is that nerve set different than it is uh, in a Montreal, but I mean, the consistency has been there. She fights week in and week out. She plays a heavy schedule, shows up and competes every week. There's just so much to like about Jess Pagula. Yeah, and plays singles, plays doubles at the majors, yeah. plays mixed as well, and, and she's a top five player. The only top five player in both singles and doubles in the world right now, men's or women's side. She's doing it all, and she loves, obviously, playing tennis. But how about the fact we've been talking about a new big three on the women's side, right, with Iga Sviantek, Arena Sabalenka, and Elena Rabakina. If you're Jess Pegula and your ranking is right up there with them and you're able to beat them, do you have a little chip on your shoulder? Why not me? Why aren't you talking about me in that group? You know, I don't mind a chip on the shoulder. I mean, that always helped me as a player. And I think for some players, it absolutely is a motivator. So maybe you create some chips on your shoulder, even <laughs> if it's not there. I think for Pagula, she's always been a well-respected, dangerous player, especially uh, when you look at the ones at the top of the game. They know how well she can play. So I don't necessarily think it's a chip on her shoulder because of that. But absolutely, the average fan may be not putting enough respect on her name. And so why mm -hmm. not just push your way into that conversation and 
and make them talk about you. And she's doing that, certainly with this kind of win. Absolutely. You win titles, they'll start talking about you. And they are talking on court now. It is the trophy ceremony in Montreal. And we send you back there to take a listen. Go ahead, Mila. The mic is yours. First of all, I want to say big congrats to Jessica and her team because you, you made an incredible week, so congrats. Um, then I want to say big thanks to my team for, for being by my side and I hope many more to come. Um, a big uh, thanks to also the, the Bank National, the main sponsor, and uh, the fans this week. You guys, you were unbelievable. You, you make me crazy, seriously. And I hope to. Two years and uh, to play another great level. Thank you so much. Don't go away, Ludmilla. I'd like to invite Mr. Dom Pimehal of National Bank to present the flowers to our runner up. Tennis and sport dangereux.
Um, I'd also like to thank, obviously, the sponsors, Bank National and Rogers, um, for again putting on a great event. I love coming to Canada. I love playing here. Um, it's been really special. I'll say a shout out to my grandma. She's from Montreal, so that's kind of cool. watching she'll be really excited that I just said that so um, but thanks you know for this amazing tournament for the volunteers the ball kids the sponsors um, everyone that helps put this event on especially with all uh, yeah ball kids go ahead you can go come on <laughs> Um, everyone that has helped put this event along and just with all the crazy weather we've had, I know um, you guys were working around the clock to make sure everything was happening and that the players got everything we needed. Uh, so thanks guys so much for that, for everyone that's helped out. And last but not least, thanks to the fans. Um, you guys are amazing, like really. <laughs> Filling up this huge stadium, um, it felt like all week, at least every time I played here, it, it was full. And for us and for women ten women's tennis and women athletes, it means a lot to us to be able to come here because that's why we play. We want to play in front of this atmosphere, in front of you guys. So you guys make it really special. So I think that's all I have to say. So thank you, everyone. I appreciate the support. J'invite Madame Edith Loutier à revenir sur la scène pour remettre un bouquet de fleurs à notre championne. Oh, there she is, Jessie Pagula, your winner in Montreal. We mentioned that she was the first American woman to win this title since Serena 10 years ago. First American woman to win the title in Montreal since 1998. Monica Seles did it back then. Andy, I don't know if you saw it at the end of the match, the DJ played Cotton Eye Joe, which obviously came on <laughs> yesterday during the match against Iga Sviantek, and she had lost like 12 straight points after that, came back and won. But it all comes together with Cotton Eye Joe at the end. Listen, I, you know, the only time that Pagula looked suspect the entire week was for the 12 <laughs> points in a row that she lost to Iga after that song came on. Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's one final time for Cotton Eye Joe because I don't know that anyone needs to hear it again. But I know what it's not the last time is just Pagula winning tennis tournaments. Uh, very gracious at the end, connected her family ties and, uh, you know, you, you hear that and the humility in her voice when going through that speech and you realize why she's so respected and liked on tour. I mean, that is your top-ranked American in the world, man or woman, and she has held that mantle for at least a year at this point, over a year at this point. And we talk about the respect. You know, you win these titles and people start recognizing, okay, Jesse Pagula is leading our country right now. I mean, you know, she looks very comfortable with that mantle. It's sitting uh, very well on her shoulders. And even when you consider the relationship she has with Coco Golf, sometimes a little more of a mother, but very much, you know, still a competitor out there. They play doubles together week in and week out. And she's really leading by example. And I think that's huge. You think about how tough it was for Pagula at the beginning of her career with injuries and the stops and starts. And she didn't really get a chance to stay out on court consistently 
consistently until a little bit later, um, you know, later than a lot of these young players coming out. So I think she has the not only the experience, but she has the perspective as well. And I think that helps her in these moments. So it's just all coming together together for her. Yeah. Big congratulations to Jess. She is on to Cincinnati and we are on to Toronto because that is where the men's final went down today between Yannick Sinner and Alex Damanor. Kind of like the women's finals. Pretty Pretty quick one, Andy. Both of these guys looking for their first Masters titles. Yeah, and you're in trouble when Yannick Sinner is hitting these depth topspin lobs to go with the power that he has on both sides of that racket seat. But Demonor has been doing all week, not scared to come back and doesn't shy away from a challenge. Breaks right back, but then Sinner too much. How are if Demonor, you know you have to get forward. You know that you have to create, but how are you going to do it off a ball like that consistently, Steve? Sinner is just constant pressure. He doesn't let you off the mat. He doesn't let you breathe. And for Demonor, it's what are my options? And then if he's throwing in that as well, when you know that you have to be three or four feet behind the baseline, I'm just not sure. You know you have to solve a problem, but you just can't figure out what the equation is. And that's where Sinner was today. If he's sitting down the line, winners on the run, sliding into the forehand and the backhand. At this point, uh, sense of inevitability had already been there for 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, first Masters 1000 win for Yannick Center. Certainly not going to be the last. And he's just 21 years old. Looks good on him. Let's hear from Yannick Center. Every opponent here is, is a very, very tough player to play against. And um, I felt the pressure. Um, I'm not going to lie, but um, I think I handled it very well. You know? uh, trying to play point after point, um, staying in a present moment, treating everyone with, uh, with the right respect on the court. And so I'm, I'm happy how I, how I handled the situation. The Karota boys are going to be partying wherever they are right now. Yannick Sinner, first Masters 1000 title. Second Italian man to win one, the youngest to do it. Ranking gets to a career high, six in the world, so matches Chanda Rubin right now. 41 wins this year, that's the fourth most. He's won 80% of his matches. Chanda, what, what, what stood out to you and impressed you the most with what Yannick Sinner was able to do to get this Masters title? You know, I think it was just the big game that he brought to whoever he played against, different styles of opponents. He dealt with some guys who were so quick around the court, who cover a lot of ground, who get those extra balls back. And he still just looks so comfortable producing that kind of power, but still with enough consistency uh, in crunch times, especially. And the serve, it's such a big weapon. And, and you kind of look at, you know, other styles. You look at Carlos Alcaraz, who Tommy Paul uh, beat as the world number one. And then when he had to contend with center. It was just a different style. He's serving big. He's hitting big, a little flatter with depth from the ground. He takes space away, staying in tight. And it's just a different set of challenges that opponents have to contend with. And he looked so good when he needed to and when the moment was at hand, handling it. And I think that for me was most impressive. This was a rematch from the next gen final back four years ago. I mean, these guys have grown up and ready to go. Yannick Sinner, Andy, turns 22 on Wednesday, we know about Novak Djokovic. We know about the world number one, Carlos Alcaraz. Where do you put Yannick Sinner in the mix at the U.S. Open in terms of contenders? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Alcaraz and Djokovic 
are on a different level as far as choosing your favorites right now. Even with Alcaraz losing this week, I don't put much stock in that. He was a little angsty, maybe just trying to find his footing. Uh, you know, if you didn't know, he had a pretty big win last month that he's still getting used to. Uh, and you know, Novak's going to come back and, and, and not really miss a step. But one of the things that was really impressive to me, Steve, is that, listen, there wasn't an Alcaraz waiting for him. There wasn't a Djokovic in the draw this week. Obviously, Rafa's out. There's not a Federer lurking over the draw anymore. So as far as opportunity knocking, Listen, you're you're playing Tommy Paul in the final. Who is uh, Tommy Paul's a great player, but maybe not uh, with the names that I just mentioned. And then Dimonor and Fokina on the other side. You're going into that semi as the favorite in that tournament, as far as who's left with center, which creates a different type of pressure set. I loved seeing him just go out and suffocate the field once he was the favorite. I think that's something that is natural. It's maybe not a learned behavior. Breaking through to the semis. Uh, at Wimbledon, following up with the Masters 1000, he's quickly gaining on the on the lead pack. That's such a great point. He, he's taken each and every step on the way. That first major semifinal, now first Masters 1000 title. Maybe what's next is first major final or title. A lot still to discuss here on TC Lab. We've got the best of the best from the week in Montreal and Toronto. Plus, a lot of guys already on to Cincinnati. Main draw kicking off today. we got the good friends Ben Shelton and Chris Eubanks playing doubles together in Cincy. But first, only one of them would advance to the second round in singles. This match is coming up and much more. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tennis Steve, Andy back on TC Live. There they are, the winning team. Jesse Pagula, her coach, David Witt. Pagula winning her second 1,000-level title, first of the season. Just 49 minutes in that final against Samsonova. Quickest WTA final in more than two years. And guess what? Chad is still winning with Samsonova because picked the semifinal over Rabakina. You're up to 16, 19 Chandabucks. Any Chanda Bucks is good bucks, I guess, Steve. I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, you're up to 40 wins this year. That is impressive right there. That, that is a mark you want to get to. And to get to 50, who do, you, who do you have for your pick of the day tomorrow? I'm putting five on Sloane Stevens over Cochareto. Come on, Sloane. I mean, she played, I think, played well, um, you know, this week in, in Canada. Had a nice first-round win uh, over Kalina. Not easy to get through. Had a nice match against Rabakina. I think she's due for some wins, and this, I think, is a manageable one. All right, Sloan, just putting five on you. Right now, customers <laughs> get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to start making every moment more. Main draw getting underway today on a Sunday in Cincinnati. 
So we head there, and, and take a look at this. Ben Shelton, Chris Eubanks, they're good friends. They played some some challenger finals last year against one another. Chris Beam in Mallorca this year. Andy, they're, they're just yucking it up before their first round match. Yeah, Ben looked at Chris. He's like, you on Insta, bro. Uh, and then they went out and tried to beat each other's brains in. But look at this swipe down the line from Tennis Channel Zone, Chris Eubanks. And you know that he can serve inside out for it. It's not easy to run around a lefty serve on the ad side when it's kind of slicing towards the grandstand. But Ben Shelton found his return game, apparently found his grunt as well. Uh, but that's just a nasty serve right there. Playing the little dropper. Eubanks runs it down and Shelton says, Whoop! I saw Sinner do this. In, uh, in Canada earlier today. Let's see if I can do it also. He's matched up well with Eubanks last year and some challengers continued that trend today. Gonna go for two wins in a row on tour for the first time since Australia in his next round feed. Good buds there. Nice win for Ben Shelton over Big Banks. Giving love to the crowd in Cincinnati. Some other scores today. How about Emma Navarro coming through and making the main draw in qualies? Unfortunately, Taylor Townsend did not. Yeah, I mean, these are always the, the most important matches when you're trying to get that foothold, get opportunities in the main draw. Nicely done by Emma Navarro coming uh, back from being a set down against a big hitting Rebecca Marino. That is a terrific win in Cincinnati. All right, another combined 1,000 week begins. So it is time for our quick hands questions with Chanda and Andy. And we're going to start with uh, name a player or two that has surprised you this season. Roddick, a player or two that has surprised you this season? Yeah, I, listen, I, I, I think, uh, let's see if you can name the resume. Someone who was never in the top 100 in the world before March of this year, uh, and then all of a sudden makes a Grand Slam quarterfinal, is ranked top 30, is in line to be seated uh, at the U.S. Open, and started that run at the age of 28 years old. Uh, our own Chris Eubanks, who we just saw go down to Ben Shelton. I don't know that I had it on my card that someone was going to go from, a, you know, kind of a career 150 player to all of a sudden making deep runs in the second week of slams. Uh, listen, I think there's some some good uh, juju going on from sitting next to Steve Weissman. Maybe he's learning from you, Steve. <laughs> he's not learning anything tennis-wise from me, but uh, we're all very proud of, of what Big Banks has been able to accomplish. Uh, who, who has stood out to you or surprised you? It's tough to follow that because uh, that would be my number one. But I'd say Marquetta Vondrosova winning Wimbledon. I yeah. mean, yes. come on. Who had yes. that on their, their card at the start of the year? Amazing. Uh, and the players that she had to beat to get that title, she was legit. And hopefully she'll have a good rest of the season. All right. Uh, so we're going Vondrosova. And, and, of course, Chris Eubanks. Chan, I'm going to start with you on this one. Out of all the summer events that you played, which one had the hottest conditions? I'm going to say where I practiced okay. and lived in Lafayette, Louisiana. It was hot as all outdoors there. So whenever I went to play these summer events, I felt pretty good about it. New York had some pretty hot conditions, uh, and, and I would have said Atlanta as well. I didn't play a, as much there uh, when I was on tour. But definitely where I was coming from, I felt like I could handle anything. All right. The Lafayette, Louisiana getting the <laughs> shout-out. Roddick, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know that I disagree with that much at all. Uh, D.C. was rather swampy, Steve. I do remember a match in Atlanta one time where uh, 
kind of the only time my, my, my trainer ever got mad at me because I split sets against Rajiv Ram, and it was so hot he was mad at me because he was inconvenienced by the heat. I said, I don't feel great playing either. Um, I actually had to – I remember I went inside, and I had a bathroom uh, between between sets, and I went and just sat in the air conditioning for a good two or three minutes. Might have just saved the day. But I will tell you, uh, I, I think once you get to the U.S. Open and that lead-up, if you play a healthy schedule, I think the, the, the conditions are rather benign compared to – Washington, to Cincinnati, and Atlanta, uh, where it kind of feels like you're just playing in a hairdryer. D.C. is my hometown. Hazy, hot, and humid. It gets real, yep. real sticky there. All right, Chanda, Iga ranked uh, number one, 72 straight weeks, past Caroline Wozniacki for 10th on the all-time list. Will that streak get snapped this year? Will Arena Sabalenka get up to one? I think the streak will get snapped. Uh, you know, I, I think, I mean, there's a couple of times where Sabalenka had some opportunities. A couple of things had to happen. Um, but I think that is going to be the case a few more times. Uh, we'll see if Sabalenka can step up or, or maybe, you know, even Rabakina may have an opportunity. But I think it, it will. I think that's my. I'm going to go with All that. All right. Iga's not going to finish at number one. Andy, what do you think? I didn't say that. Yeah. All right. At some well, point this year, she's not going to be number yeah, one anymore. I, say, I was about to say, to be, to be fair, that was not the question. You almost threw me for a loop there, too, Steve. Subjective. Uh, I, I'm, yeah, I, I'm basically just basing this opinion now that, listen, if you're like, who is the most uh, – who would you bet on to have the most points from now until the end of the year? I think Sviantec is the safest uh, bet in tennis, right? But she has the most points coming off of the U.S. Open. So I think it's just a math test with, with the 52-week ranking system. Someone else might be able to snatch it away. Sabalenka, we forget how soon we forget that battling the serve at the end of last season, fixed it during the offseason, uh, you know, might, might be a little soft spot to put some points on the board. I think Sviantec is the best player in the world, but eh, listen, it might trade trade hands a little bit before the end of the year. Sabalenka right now about 1,000 points back of Sviantec, but Sabalenka made the semifinals Cincinnati and the yeah. U.S. Open. Sviantec can gain some points in Cincinnati, obviously defending the title at the U.S. Open. We'll see. It could come down to the WTA finals. It could. And it could be yeah. for the year-end. Number one. Uh, Andy, I'm going to go back to you for this one first. Which American man and woman will finish the year as the top-ranked U.S. player? Yeah, I mean, Jess Pagula just, just patted the stats a little bit on the scoreboard. Um, I, I think Jess Pagula will do that. I love the way Coco Golf is playing. I, I, I just couldn't be uh, more – it's as optimistic as I've been on Coco in a year, right? I, I just love the way she's playing. With the loss to Jess, played well in that match also. Uh, but I think Jess Pagula will lock that up, especially with the points uh, from today. Uh, maybe a little bit of an upset call here, but – Maybe a Tommy Paul situation creeping in on on Taylor Fritz and a, a big foe obviously has uh, semifinals to defend at, at the U.S. Open played well. Uh, Fritz and Tiafa both played well uh, in the fall last year. So uh, it's I think it's a toss up between the three of them. But Tommy Paul has inserted himself into that conversation. TP. Yeah, he, he is up to a career high himself. I think it's like 13 right now yeah. in the live rankings. Chanda, who, who do you have finishing at the top? I mean, you should just move past to the next question. How can I? I mean, that's everything I would have said. Oh, so you uh, think TP as well? Over <laughs> Fo and I would have said Fo. I would have. Okay. That's the only little little yeah, thing one I would have changed. However, he does have a lot of points, uh, as Andy mentioned, uh, to defend at the U.S. Open, getting to that semifinal. So that puts a little more pressure uh, mathematically on that happening. But definitely, it's those three in the mix, and I could very well see Tommy Paul kind of just leaping. 
laughing and lapping them just a little bit okay. with some of these results he's had. Interesting. All right, so three guys, but we're all going Jess uh, on the women's yeah. side. The yes. three in the world. Yeah. Uh, Andy, which players feel due for a big title or surprising deep run? Jeez, uh, well, listen, I, a big title or surprising deep run, you're giving me a lot of leeway there. Uh, listen, I, I, I'm going to go with my heart on this one, Steve. Uh, I want Ange Jabor to get across that finish line. I want her uh, to win a Grand Slam. I have so much respect uh, for what she's done these last couple of seasons. I have so much respect for the way she carries herself. I have so much respect uh, for how important she is to the game of tennis, uh, being from Tunisia. So uh, she is due for a big title, and I hope she gets it. I'm going to say Coco Golf. You know, obviously, she's gotten to a major final. She's got, you know, majors on her mind. You can see, um, you know, how much she wants it. I've been impressed with the improvements that she's made and how she has taken on the challenge, attacking the ball, especially off the forehand side. There's still some more work to do. But I feel, you know, she just won her biggest title in, in Washington, D.C., of course. Um, but I think, you know, she may be due for, for one a little bit bigger. Now, whether that's a major, whether that's a 1,000, um, we'll see. Um, but even just the continued improvements uh, from where she is and, and where she's going, I think that absolutely is in the cards. I love both of those picks. Well, well said. You all. We haven't talked about it. Andy, you sent a message to Oz after, after Wimbledon? Uh, I was just so heartbroken for her. And going into that uh, as kind of the favorite, and I just said, like, weirdly, uh, I feel like I am maybe uh, specifically uh, – specifically here to uh, understand what you're going through in that moment, trying to get over that hurdle at, at Wimbledon. But as I told her in the message, uh, I believe more in her ability to win Wimbledon someday than I ever believed in my own. I, I hope she gets it. That's nice. So cool of yeah. you to do that, Andy. All right, we got the best of the best coming up later on the show. Plus, we, we by, by popular demand, are going to talk more about the pros versus Joes. It's already gotten more than a million views on Twitter. <laughs> so, so we'll get more from Roddick talking about why you have no shot at winning a game against a pro and see if Chanda Rubin agrees with Petco and Roddick. Don't go anywhere. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ruben Roddick Weissman back with you on TC Live. Biggest American Junior Tournament going on this week for the boys. That means Kalamazoo, 18's Nationals, Lerner Tien winning for the second straight year, Chanda, earning himself a main draw wild card to the U.S. Open. Lerner is a lefty, so I'm going to assume that's him, although I can't yes, tell from him. where the cameras are. <laughs> However, I mean, what a huge opportunity. And, you know, you can understand why this event means so much to these to these kids. And I call them kids because we're getting, hey, 17, we're getting, yeah. yeah, we're, we're up there. But he, the second, <laughs> second straight year winning, so he gets another opportunity to play in the U.S. Open main draw. That is huge. He had a tough loss against Ketsmanovic last year. We were just talking about that. 
yet. So maybe that experience is going to help him kind of get over over the hump. And it's a lot of money too. He's officially turned pro. So that's right. He's he's he in the money to keep now. All eighty grand in that. He's, he's yeah, in the money. He doesn't and, give anything to charity anymore. And we uh, love Claire V. Yes, in a way, that in a story. Way. I mean, she's just been winning titles, racking up trophies this year. Uh, went won Wimbledon Juniors, uh, won a Grand Slam doubles uh, title as well, Junior doubles title. So now getting this one and getting the opportunity to open, just love that for her. Yeah, Clervy's ascension has been really fast and awesome to watch. Puts her name on a trophy that includes our own Lindsay Davenport and Tracy Austin as well. Really special down there in San Diego. So those guys and, and girls will be playing with the top pros soon. They could actually win. But as we found out yesterday, uh, you at home can't take a game. <laughs> Here are the percentage of people who thought they could win a game against a professional tennis player. This is insane. This is insanity. This is absolutely insane. There is no chance. I was a professional tennis player. I'm competitive. I'm not going to give you a point for free. I cannot win a game off of Novak Djokovic right now. I like to put people in their place. This is the dumbest segment we've ever done on this show. <laughs> Actually, it's one of the better ones. Not one single point. Come at me. I don't know what it says that the dumbest segment got the most views. It's okay. so good. I told I you, Roddick. It's so it's already been viewed more than 1.2 million times on Twitter. I mean, this was this was great stuff. It got everybody talking about it. This was your this was your response to Tennis Channel's tweet here, here, Andy. Yeah, a lot of Uncle Ricos out there thinking they can win a game on the Pro Tour. But listen, Steve, I'll admit it. I got a little emotional. It got away from me. Listen, some people thought it was funny. Some people still overvalued the way that they play tennis. But I've had a chance to calm down, and I've thought about it. And those people are still insane. It's ridiculous. They will not win a game against a pro. There is no chance. I'm not backing down. Save your Twitter comments. I know about this. Listen, I was an amateur, and I was a pro. You were only an amateur. Stop it. I know what the deal is here. I'm Let's over Let's go. I love that. I love that, Roddick. Stick to your guns. All right. We, we heard what, what Petco had to say yesterday, Chanda. We, obviously, Andy's saying the same thing. What are your thoughts? You know, I'm in the same boat, Steve. And I, I just had to stay calm because I have been retired longer than these two. So I have a little more pr perspective and I don't get riled up as fast. But once I hit an amateur in the chest, I think they would back off. So that would be the way I would go with it. If you think that you are going to be able to get games. Um, I think we also have to make a distinction between current pros, somebody like Novak Djokovic. Are you kidding? No, you're not getting a game. Versus maybe no. a pro who's been retired for 10 or 20 years and you know or j just in a different space maybe you could come a little bit closer but do not get it twisted you're not winning a game against these top no. players you're watching on tv no. right now it's not happening don't get it twisted <laughs> uh, and gd bouchard responded to our tweet as well said uh, yeah. people are so delusional it's yeah. crazy yeah. <laughs> yeah i had a steve i had a i had a lot of pushback not one was from someone who's been on both sides of that coin. Not a single one. I'm sticking to it. Save it. I've hit with Chad. She hits the ball so hard still. Like, it's yeah. it's it's a joke. Like, you hit in the, in the middle of the strings every single time. Nobody at home is taking a game. And what do you think, Chad, about, because we talked a little bit about a point. 
I, are we no, getting points? Because Petco is set. You can set. get a point. I'm, I'm dropping golden sets. You can get a point. I mean, everybody can trip or not, you know, get a ball. You can get lucky on a serve. It tips the net and dribbles over. Like, of course, you can get a point or two. Um, you know, that can happen. But you have to understand, beyond just the physical skill set, it is the fact that you are challenging this person that has made their living playing. They are going to come after you then, and you are not going to win the way you think you are. I mean, you could challenge me, Steve, and I might change. I might flip, <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's a new day. Oh, I know it. I know. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. So this is part of the problem with this with with this thought is that you're challenging a professional, and it's going to end pretty badly. The, the, the 55 and older crowd, Andy. I still can't get over that. It's it's just absurd. Like it's it, like what fifty five? Like I need to meet these people, or maybe not. I don't know who's fifty seven years old and was like. I mean, I, I you know, listen. Novak's been pretty good for the last fifteen years, but I'm just saying, like five minute. It looks like a five minute sample size. I think I could get them. You can't stop. Like this is the this is ridiculous. I'll just tell you, I stink at tennis now. I stink at tennis now, and I still promise, I'd be a real problem to deal with in some member guest events for my neighbor Bill, all right? I'd be a problem. I mean, can we just talk about, though, the, the last line? 20% of U.S. players would give up their life savings for a spot Whoa. in a grand... I mean, you're giving up your life savings... For 80 grand. <laughs> Wait, but no, are they getting the U.S. Open money? Because that's just the spot. That's not the money. You give up your life savings for an opportunity that you cannot come close to winning. To be embarrassed. Well, I can, I can actually. That, that's the least embarrassing of all the stats that are up here by far. <laughs> because what it does is say that we should be thankful, Chanda. We actually got to do it. And I know I'm mad. And some people are like, listen, you're cocky because you think you can beat your neighbor up the street. Okay, maybe. But I promise you, for every moment of my life, I've been incredibly thankful for the opportunity. And it, it humbles me to see that so many of you would want to be in that situation and makes me proud. I know I can speak for, for Chan and the rest of us players. We don't take a minute of it for granted, but we'll still kick your butt. And, and we talk about Novak, but, like, you're not getting a game off of Arthur Feast. You're, you're not getting a game no. off of Kayla Day. Like, you're, it, it's not just Novak. Like, any of these top 100 pros, like, you're not getting a game. No, I, I mean, I wouldn't get a game off these guys <laughs> playing now. I mean, honestly, I, I would struggle. I, I just, I couldn't even get to some of the balls. That 26-shot rally mm -hmm. between Tommy Paul and Yannick Sinner. Are you kidding me? Mm -mm. It's crazy talk. No. All right, keep, keep that discussion going on, on the social media. <laughs> all, all you keyboard warriors out there that think you can get games against pros. It's, it's not going to happen. The best of the best from the best is what's next. So, so more reason to realize that you can't do these things. Welcome back as we do every week. We've had a couple 1,000 level events on the ATP and WTA. Here are the best of the best men's and women's. We start at number five, Andy. So great to see Caroline Wozniacki back on tour. This was her first round match. Welcome back, Carol. And one of the things that was her calling card is getting in and out of the corners, the hustle, cover line like you're supposed to, but not against Caro. She will flip that angle. Great to see her back and in form this week. 
Then at number four, Chanda, opening night session. What a match between Big Foe and Milos Raonic. Uh, this was incredible, some of the shot making, but the speed of Francis Tiafo. He hits the net, but he hits the right part of the net, by the way, so he was able to win that point. There was some discussion after, but incredible get against Raonic, who must have thought he had that point won, but not so against Big Foe. Not so. And, and by the way, that, that part of the net is invisible, we found out. Uh, at number three, Andy, our first tweener on the count, countdown, and it's of the, uh, the lobbing variety. Yeah, exactly. We're, we, we have a lot of different types of tweener in the top five list, not to give too much away. Olga Runa didn't have the week of his life, uh, didn't get out of the first round, taking a loss to Marco Giron. But doesn't mean he can't have a little fun along the way and get the crowd into it. Stand up for shots like that, Toronto. Couple of dames in our top five. Wozniacki and Aruna. And then at number two, Chanda. Uh, Galmofis is in a highlight and he's not the hot shot. <laughs> Are you kidding me? He just fell down at the baseline, hit the ball, and got back up and continued the point. And Mofis had to be thinking, wait a minute, I'm used to doing that. What just happened? But he's still in the end able to win the point, and I love it. This was a lucky loser, Vukic, who was able to take advantage of his opportunities, and that was an opportunity there, and he didn't let it go past. Amazing stuff. Don't get him on a dance floor, <laughs> but uh, it yeah, gets right back up. And wins the point. Then at number one, Roddick, we see a lot of tweeners, but uh, this one was special. Yeah, look at every amateur tennis player out there saying they can win a point. Like, that's, he was literally 12 feet behind the baseline and hit a laser. He meant to hit this up the line. So look at the stab volley, first of all. Great little shot from TP. Alcaraz, 12 feet behind, sticks it into a one-foot-by-one-foot one thing through his legs. Absolute absurdity. That's why they're pros, Steve. <laughs> and that's why he is the number one ranked man in all the land. All right, Cincinnati's Monday schedule. Of course, we keep going here on Tennis Channel, 11 a.m. Eastern. Chanda's got five on Sloan Stevens getting the win tomorrow. Venus Williams getting the wild card into Cincy. Sebi Korda in action. Grigor Dimitrov taking on Alexander Zverev. That's a good first-round matchup. And Wozniacki against Spitalina. A couple of mamas going at it in Mason, Ohio as well. You take a look at these, Chanda. Which one stands out to you most? There's some big-time matches from round one. Looking forward to so many of them. Of course, Spitalina Wozniacki. I mean, that, it's another test for Caroline Wozniacki, who was amazing um, in uh, Canada. But I want to give Venus Williams some love. I mean, that's a tough match, and, and you're going to get tough matches when you come in, not seated, needing wild cards. But she just seems so close in some of these matches. She lost a tough one to Madison Keys. Couldn't quite get that second set. She was right there. And I feel she's maybe due for one of these wins. So hopefully she can stay healthy, uh, be feeling good uh, from the start, and give it a good go. It's Queen V. It's the Queen City. I don't know. So something could be going on there. Uh, Roddick, what storylines are you looking forward to as we head to the Masters 1000 in Cincy? Yeah, or it could be just coincidence uh, with their names. But, uh, you know, I think... I, I think, I think this guy. I think, I think, I, we love I, you, Andy. 
Uh, thank you. I love all, I love you guys too. This is great. I, I, I come to work and we come to work and we laugh a little bit. But as you're showing that graphic, the, the first thing I'm thinking is Borna Chorich coming in, having to defend a thousand points from last year, and then having to match up with Seb Porta, uh, who, who who is obviously the real deal. Just a different type of pressure set going in. You know, you, you feel like you have to defend something. Paul Anacone talks a, a little bit about that. Don't say the word defend. It puts you in a bad frame of mind. Uh, but George, uh, you know, as quickly as he went up the rankings last year, he could kind of fall back down. So interested to see how he, he comes up mentally defending those points. And, and Caroline Garcia as well on the women's side. So right. we'll see. Nope. We kind of forgot about who won since he last year, Garcia. And George. Yeah. I mean, that was the start of Caroline uh, Garcia's huge run um, and back into the top of the game. So we'll see where she is on that. There's a major match right now on T2. Big foe in action against Talon Griegspor. So once you click here, go, go over to T2. Watch a little Francis Tiafo in action. It's been a great week, Andy. We'll do it again tomorrow for Cincy. I will see you there. <laughs> All right. As we leave you, there are your champions. Yannick Sinner, first Masters 1000 title, gets it done in Toronto. He's up to a career-high six in the world. And then in Montreal, all eyes on Jesse Pagula. Her second 1,000-level title, first of the year, career-high number three. Thank you so much for tuning in to TC Live. We'll see you tomorrow.